entertainment, arts, and interviews. The Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. If you like swing music with a modern twist, he's your man. Louis Prima Jr. is back on the Mulberry Lane Show with the tail-shaking, foot-stomping, happy music of his new release, Blow, following on the heels of his acclaimed debut CD, Return of the Wildest. Now, Louis is here to tell you about the new music, the legacy of his dad, the king of swing, Louis Prima Sr., and the importance of happy music. He's Louis Prima Jr. He's really swinging. He's got a new CD called Blow. Welcome to the show, Louie. I like the song. I gotta hire you to like wake me up every day. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, so for this CD, you wanted to challenge yourself musically. So, where did you take it from the last one? You know, I think as musicians, you always kind of want to challenge yourself a bit, and mm-hmm. this is what we did the first album for, was so we could do another one and have original material, and you know, we got together as a band and. Just kind of let things happen, you know? Okay. And we, we wanted to play music that was difficult for us to play live and, okay. and that challenged us, but at the same time remained in that happy vein that Prima Music is, uh-huh. that funk, pop, swing, Louisiana style, whatever it is. Uh-huh. It's the culmination of a lot of years of experience and many different minds contributing and can't be prouder of the piece of work that we came out with. Okay, now you have seven originals on this. And writing those, do you find it more challenging to write the songs or to arrange them to the point that they come alive? I think the most difficult part is finding that first element of the song. And, you know, there are four of us that wrote the material. Okay. Me, my sax player, Marco Palos, my guitar player, Ryan McKay, and my mm-hmm. drummer, A.D. Adams. Everything kind of started with a riff. Believe me, there were dozens and dozens of riffs. I bet. Or, or a lyric or something. You have to find that one that catches your ear. And then we just kind of let it go. Marco is a brilliant horn arranger, and, and Ryan is very skilled at moving a song along, you know, what chord to play next, how do you get from point A to point B. I think because we all get along with each other and have known each other for so long and played with each other mm-hmm. that we have a good feel. Once that initial concept happens, the songs kind of wrote themselves. Okay, so they kind of build on each other's ideas, and then do you formally write out arrangements, or where does it go from there? I'll just give you an example. The ballad on the album, Someday, that is sung by Leslie Spencer. We're sitting in a bar after a show in, Mm -hmm. in Atlantic City. I think it was even a day off, and somebody said the words, something to the effect of, we'll always have someday. And Ryan stood up and goes, all right, I'll see you later. And he just disappeared. And the next morning he comes to my room with a piece of paper with some lyrics written down with his guitar, and he plays the chords and goes, this is, what do you think? And, you know, we recorded briefly and disappeared. And we all got together in August with all our little ideas and things and just started playing it. It's charted out, hack chart them out, you know, okay, little sure. scraps of yeah, paper. Uh-huh. So, we, so we've got something to work with when we get in the hack actual chart. studio. I like that. The little hack chart. Yeah. You know, I, don't, I don't like charts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who does? <laughs> you know? Yes, they are written out, you know, especially for the horn parts because you've got uh-huh. to arrange sure. horn parts and then I screwed up and added a fourth horn player so now poor Marco had to rearrange everything oh. for the live end of it. But, uh, 
I bet he was loving you, huh? <laughs> oh, he, you know what? He actually does. He, he, <laughs> he believes what I believe when it comes to music and instrumentation, so I don't think he minds it at all. He's as proud of this album as any of us are. Awesome. Now, Jim hey. Irvin co-produced with you. Now, how do you Correct. achieve in the studio that very present front and center energy that comes through? By recording it as live as possible. You know, okay. obviously, you know, there's plenty of tricks you can use in the studio to make it sound like you know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. But if you walk in and you set up your rhythm section and say play, uh-huh. and you kind of build from there, you can maintain that live feel. So the guitar player messed up a little bit, so you retrack his part over X, Y, and Z, and you mm-hmm. do a couple other takes. But for the most part, this is the foundation of all the songs are recorded live okay. so that we maintain that live feel. If you just stick a drummer in a room and make him play, it, it's going to sound dead. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, you know, you mentioned Jim Murphy and co-produce, and I did something I didn't know was possible, you know, when we agreed we're going to do this album and co-produce it. I just kind of pictured myself taking a couple dozen trips to Hollywood when there was time in between touring, but we actually co-produced this over the Internet. Okay. Uh, I didn't know it was possible. It is. So he would start with a foundation and email it to me, and I'd pull it up on my equipment and go and email it back to him. And, you know, it was just a back and forth until we both uh, liked it. And there you go. You did it. If you've just joined us, we're talking with Louis Prima Jr. about his brand new swing album called Blow. The album was just released this past Tuesday and debuted top 40 on iTunes charts. Okay, now let's talk about the song, That's My Home. It's pretty unique. We actually started this conversation with Capitol Records many, many years ago, and, you know, it kind of falls apart. But when we were going to record this album, Jim had some relationships at Capitol Records, and we recorded the album in the same room my father recorded in the 50s and 60s, which is neat in itself because, you know, the one overlook room that overlooks the main studio B, you know, uh, there's a big picture of my father in there. And, oh, cool. You know, oh, it's kind of neat. My mother yeah. recorded in there with Glenn Campbell and things, and so it's storied history. And then he says, well, let's license a song. Okay. Let's let you do a duet with your dad. Oh, awesome. Um, but my father recorded everything with a microphone hanging in a room. Okay. So, you know, you can't really isolate anything and we wanted my band to play and just use my father's voice Uh and his trumpet playing it was a pretty arduous task finding a song that we could take his vocal and his trumpet playing off cleanly so there was no mess we ended up with a pretty neat track man it's it's a deep track i don't think a lot of people know that my father even recorded that's my home okay but i get to sing with him and and i get to play the trumpet with him it was the neatest thing in the world talk about the actual recording of that what was going through your mind and how emotional that must have been you know it it was emotional for everybody and i don't know how you shut it off as a professional just to get through the session yeah um but it, this is the one song that Jim Jim produced. You know, I, I didn't want to have hands on this at all because I think it would have been too close to me. So Jim produced it out and then sent it to me, and I sent it to all the guys. And, you know, I, I'm pretty sure they could hear me crying from Vegas. And, and uh-huh. you know, <laughs> there were a lot of tears shed over it. For as emotional as it was, it was an experience that, there are ghosts and walls that make you rise to an occasion and produce a body of work like we produced. There were some ghosts in that walls that lifted us up. 
we were tired. We had just gotten off of two months on the road and went right in the studio, you know, with some adversarial situations that occurred. And, and you know, we end up in there and we rose up and came up with this. But that's my home. You know, so even today, listening to it, especially when you get to the end where I'm scatting with them, uh-huh. it, it just, it's chills. Oh, I bet. What an incredible moment. It is, you know, and, and unfortunately, you know, I really wanted my mother to hear that song, but uh, she unfortunately passed away right when we got out of the studio. Oh. But I, I know they're both looking down or looking up, whichever. <laughs> and, uh, I, I think I know my mother was proud of this band and loved each and every member in this band like I do. And I, I know they're looking and can hear and yeah. know that we're doing our best to keep the legacy moving forward. Hear more about the legacy of Louis Prima Sr. and more on the new music of Louis Prima Jr. when we come back right after this. Swinging it here on the Mulberry Lane Show. And here's Louis Prima Jr. with Louis Prima Sr., their duet, That's My Home, off Louis Prima Jr.'s new album, Blow. Where the sun sets in the sky Flowers never die Friends don't pass you by that's my home The folks say How do you do And I know they mean it too Oh, I'm telling you Cause that's my home 